We are all worthy, strong, and committed, and we are ready to go beyond our own limitations. Welcome back, my friends and loved ones, to the Rebel Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Thor, of course, and I'm here as a friend, a creator, a powerlifter, and a provocateur. And we are here to learn to question the one thing that keeps us from our best, ourselves. Join me as we dive deep to question and strengthen our communication and our vulnerability, create a healthier mind to commit to our goals, and how to give more to our lovers and the world. We're going to face the uncomfortable truths of what it means to be authentically and uniquely flawed, but awesome humans. So, let's get rebel-minded. Also, I'll bring in stories of all things powerlifting, Thor shenanigans, and probably some embarrassing mishaps. Let's do this. Good morning, everybody. It's a, it's a good morning, I think. It's a little late. It's a little late. But uh, I think, well, first of all, I'm your, so, I'm your host, Zach Henson. I, I welcome you all back to another solo episode um, where I'm going to dive in a little bit deeper about something that continues to be a topic for me. And I think it's because I am continually trying to understand what it is for me and what that healthy version of us actually looks like out in the world. But um, let, let's talk about the week. What what was the week for everybody? Take a second to think about that. What, what I mean, honestly, with, with the task that we're on, what did you question? What did you, what were you rebel-minded about? What did, you know, if if it felt monotonous, if it felt um, without challenge, did you question anything? Did you did you see it outside of your own repetition, you know, or did you did you force some intensity? Even if it is outside of anything that's super exciting for the week, I think that's the basis of a really good start is amplifying your intensity in something voicing a little bit more, acting a little bit more, um, smiling a little bit more, anything to be outside of the repetitive day-to-day, back-to-back things that we go through every day, every hour, every week, every year. That's what I want people to get away from. I want them to par- to start being rebel-minded enough, to start questioning enough to to see something outside of whatever placement that they have. Is it enough? Is it what you want? It is what you is it what you, what you see for yourself or are you you know do you have complacency? Do you do you sit and in that comfort comfortability and and let yourself numb out to whatever the world's given you, whatever it's handed to you? And uh, I think that can be confusing at times, which is okay. So have you done anything little, small this week? For me, this week was great for my lifting. It was heavy singles. Um, I ended up putting up numbers that I haven't in the last couple years due to injury and, you know, stepping off programming and, and, you know, kind of hating lifting for a while. That's probably one of the hardest things to grind through is when you despise it. When you know it's good for you, but you despise what you do. Um, 
that was tough until this last week where eight weeks of programming prior showed what it's given me and I pushed myself and uh, squat was good deadlift was okay bench was really good and I'll be competing I'll be competing about a month so I'm stoked for that um also Thor is getting he's getting a little old having some troubles jumping up onto the bed (laughs) jumping up into the truck uh that's a hard one but something that that actually brings around for me which maybe we should make a little mini episode out of this but uh the question of death and i know this is taking a dark turn if don't turn off don't don't turn off the episode come on you gotta stick with this death is uncomfortable for a lot of people speaking of death is very uncomfortable but within pieces of stoicism and i think just paying attention to the truth of what life actually is death should be a fairly common thought a contemplation of what it is what it's for what it's about because i'm still i'm afraid of death i'm i'm very much afraid of death and i think if you're not afraid of death it proves one of two things number 1 you're so disconnected from it you act as if it's, as if it doesn't exist even though it's in the inevitable you're so numbed out you're so um out of focus with the world that you don't have time to think about death you you know you're too com- uncomfortable think to think about death or you're doing everything that you need to do to feel fulfilled and to give yourself to the world and to express yourself authentically and be the best version of you and so that may also be a reason you don't fear death um and i don't think it's i doesn't i i don't think that you know one way makes you a hero and the other one makes you a you know a slave you know or a um a submissive of any sort I think it's just something that we need to really contemplate and discuss with ourselves internally because I think if you're afraid of death, then what that probably actually means for a lot of us is that we're actually afraid to live because we have this idea that at some point we will be able to do whatever we want, that one day we will have all the courage, that one day we will have all the time that one day we'll have all the money and we will have all of the all of the opportunity to do what we want to do so we fear to live and if we fear to live then will we ever live so just something just something to dive into a little bit maybe you know, I, I know my own fear of death means something to me. It it reminds me of the life that I have planned out in front of me. The life that is starting to translate. The, the life that I've, you know, started to have all these exterior things dissolve so that my path really clears up. 
And at some point, I think it's very, very efficient to stop being so patient, to start being impatient. Because I think our patience gets a little overdone sometimes. I think that the world telling us to be patient is also is also the world telling us not to act. So I implore you to act. I ask you to act. I challenge you to fucking act. Because the days go by fast. The weeks go by even faster, it seems like. And if you turn around enough times, you'll realize all the time that we have lost. So are you questioning your patience? Are you questioning death itself? Are you questioning life itself? Are you in fear? Are you keeping yourself from something? Are you keeping yourself from a vision that seems perfect to you that you refuse to tap into? Right? But uh, let's not distract too much from the episode today. Now, I'm going to tap back into this, but I think it's important because I've gone over and over and over this a bunch of times in my own head and here on the podcast to figure out, I guess, what it is that we're doing with today's masculinity. So while Thor snores in the back here, let's jump into it. Let's get fucking rebel-minded once again. This is episode 57, Masculinity and uh, Acting versus Complaining. You know, I'm not here to defend toxic masculinity at this point or to shame the men that have it if it is such a thing, which most of us men in our 20s and 30s and up even are dealing with. I'm here to say that it's not toxic. I'm here to say that the system is. And by the system, I mean the world around us, the people around us, the society that we have created, the culture we've created. Have you ever wondered how it came to be? This so-called toxic masculinity thing. It's not the grim reaper that came here to take the lives of people and burn the world to the ground. It's a fucking condition. It's a healthy thing that has become unhealthy. It's an accident and mistake based in our history and our progress. The swift adaptation of our modernism and what has taken priority over simple yet drastically important mental health and human connection Masculinity is not a disease. So we have to stop saying this. If you don't really understand what the masculine energy is out in the world, which a lot of people don't, it's just a learning. It's it's a way of perceiving the world. So head back to episode 49 and listen through there. But simply put, we all carry both masculine and feminine energy. The masculine is the reason, the direction, the walls to hold up against the chaos. And the feminine is the fluidity. It's emotion and nature and compassion and empathy. Masculinity is so many other things too, though. It's strength and support and a compass in its healthy version of itself. 
and it's violent, it is unpredictable, and damaging when it's not. We don't have a new asshole that joined the party here. We have an existing human that went rogue because of the environment given to it. And the vibe of that environment is shaming and belittling something that needs love, actually, and acceptance, and has a voice that needs to be heard. But it's been shamed and pushed into the corner. Don't blame the men. Blame the system. The very weird thing about today is the effect of the news that is presented to us. It's, it's weird because it seems that the most important things that we think about the world seem to be the most prioritized in our own mind, right? So I'll tell you what I mean before I get too off track here. Our mind is kind of choosing what's important to us. And it's almost like in every single moment and it stands out and it takes over our thoughts and it can very much influence our actions and the voices that we speak out with. The only problem though is that with the news and social media giving us information about absolutely everything, we can quite literally start to think that whatever our minds are most focused on due to our suffering or something that we have in our history with or are emotionally invested in, we start to see it as the world's biggest issue and or the majority's biggest issue. And depending on our ability to be patient and be empathetic and listen, we may actually start to try to destroy whatever seems unjust, unworthy, or too different to fit in. You know, whatever's outside of that majority, whatever seems to be hostile, whatever seems to be not bringing us peace or making us uncomfortable. And that's not just masculinity. It's starting to include so many different things now. But to be a bit more relative, to to kind of tie this in, when I was 30, I found what I thought was toxic masculinity. It was the greatest thing that I had ever discovered because I found what we as men were doing was wrong. And it seemed, it looked to me to be the the largest problem because the immature version of me was so superficial, so shallow, so brittle, uh, behind a wall of inflated ego and doing quote unquote man things. Like that's that's what the immature masculine was. That's what I created as the toxic masculine in my own mind. And I was going to help fix what was wrong with men. Now, I dove into everything that wasn't me after I had started working on myself, after, after I had started, started to see myself. And in order to become something and to give up the bullshit version of me that was hiding from the world, I took in like absolutely everything. It, it all got so interesting. I changed my diet. Um, I became vegetarian. You know, it was just one of those extra things that I tapped into. And I started to dive into books about finding joy and how to be a genuine person and how to be a good partner. I listened to talks about human conditioning and how we struggle to live a life that is true to our soul. And I even got caught up in this toxic masculinity fad. And I was learning so many new amazing things, but I was also dismissing myself from other men, from the quote-unquote evil men, the ones that were doing all the wrong. I was finding so many new things to be amazed by and things to love about myself, but it went hand-in-hand with the objectification of everything that I wasn't, everything that I was trying not to be, everything that was me in my past. And so I saw every other man and every other piece of masculinity that wasn't the, the the best versions of as like evil right and 
The problem is the more we see others only for the damage that they've done, the more we allow anger and aggression to separate them from us, which keeps us safe from having to feel any compassion for them, they also become this thing to eliminate instead of something to heal. So how many stories have you heard of pit bulls being put down because of their aggression and their violence, where their instinctive, quote-unquote instinctive abilities have kicked in and substantially hurt people and other animals? And how many stories have you heard about them being a super sappy, loving, protective nanny dog? Which is true. Seriously, like, which is true? Which is the real story of the pit bull? So back to my point. I told myself how bad other men were and how I wasn't. I forgot about trauma, experience, everything. Because I wasn't the one committing crimes and assaulting women. Because I wasn't the one doing vulgar things. And I wasn't the one doing sexist and misogynist things. And I wasn't the one being intimidating and rude and violent. The world is fucked up. And it will point its finger at things in order to create quote-unquote awareness. Which I actually think is a unified effort to create separation between the people. Which sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Don't individual humans also point fingers and become assumptive when it's meant to deflect attention from themselves? Or even just to lazily say that something is wrong rather than understanding its foundation? Believe it or not, a community of humans can act shockingly similar to the individual. So keep your eyes open and stay compassionate. When I was 25, I was sure. I I knew that women were the scum of the earth. With the experiences that I'd had and the obvious bad luck that I've had with women, I thought I had found something that most other people were just ignoring. That women were conniving superficial assholes that just couldn't see how sweet and awesome I was and were only chasing men for money and bodies and, and sex and status to be with the man that would give them everything, right? So really, I was ignoring my own faults with masculinity. I was ignoring my own problems just because it was different. But masculinity is not really the world's biggest problem. It may be a major problem. It may be causing a lot of, a lot of issues. It may even be one of America's biggest problems, culturally. But it's not the world's biggest problem. By far, it's definitely not. But it can be the problem that I want to tackle. So what I'm getting at, if you're still not with me, is that whatever you're attached to the most, whether it be how tough America has it right now, for all the issues that we do have to deal with, or how important it is for the world to lessen its carbon footprint in order to save itself, that can completely consume who you are and what you think is the world and country's largest problem, which is fine as long as you're willing to tackle it. But how can you tell? Just read the news. Watch YouTube videos, read the most trending articles. Your brain could switch 10 different times on what the biggest issue of today is because of the drama, because of the emphasis, because of the numbers, just by whatever it is that you consume. The internet and social media is an overload of information. And the only way to keep from destroying ourselves from the outside in, in my opinion, 
is to focus on what matters the most to us and ignore the rest, like completely ignore the rest, period. And for the sake of clarity, I think it should be on the optimism of relieving an issue, not deleting the issue, the foundation itself, right? You can't delete men. You can't delete masculinity. To a point, the issue of today's masculinity is quite stressful for me. I think it's a mess. And I think there's a million different opinions on what's right and what's wrong and the history that created quote-unquote toxic masculinity and how it should be dealt with. But I plan on acting out on it in the best way that I can, even when I fuck up. That's the difference. And it's not an act to dismantle men, but to call us out on our bullshit and to bring support in order to make it healthy once again. Because we do need it. A strong, masculine, healthy, masculine character to match the feminine. My biggest and quickest answer is always this. Love and compassion. Fucking love and compassion. And I know that may seem soft to a lot of men, but a strong masculine can be very loving and very compassionate. The hard thing about all the issues today is it's causing so many of us to stress and doubt and have lack of trust of our future and have lack of trust in each other and lack of trust in our culture, our society, our government. All this bullshit is leaving so many people feeling helpless. And the system has helped us feel helpless. But you can do more than you realize. You have far more power than you think you do. And we all do. So now there's this mental space that gives us so much anxiety. And talking about masculinity, women probably feel like it's going to be impossible to find good men now. Men that are strong enough and bold enough to be men, but vulnerable enough and compassionate and respectful enough to compensate it. And men... Men can't even feel good about themselves. Men that are trying to be good men. Men that are trying to find balance. Men that are trying to be strong and powerful and also loving and embracing of the world. They're in fear of not being good enough for anyone. They're in fear of not being good enough for other men. Good men are unsure about bad qualities they may have inherited that they may not understand as wrong. And they may feel like they won't be trusted to be the good men they're expected to be. Of course... I speak from my own angle and I speak from my own heart, but I think what's most important for this issue is clearly determining what toxic masculinity is and what it is not. Toxic masculinity is not masculinity itself. Masculinity is just the opposition, the balance of the feminine. Toxic masculinity is not all things male. Masculinity is a type of energy that shows up in our own character and how we voice ourselves and how we act on the world. Toxic masculinity does not exist. People's actions that give it a name do. In other words, if you believe in opposing and balancing energies, then you'll realize that masculinity is not the problem. Masculinity has lost its power to be healthy because it's no longer being taught and progressed. If we want to blame something, if we really want to blame something, are you ready for this? Then let's blame ourselves for that masculinity, for that unhealthy, shitty masculinity that everybody is so angry about. We know there are men out there that are struggling, that are hurt, and because of that, causing more hurt. If we know that, then we need to do something about it. 
If we decide not to do anything about it, then we shut up and move on to something that we will act on. I'm not saying give up. I'm not saying give up on your dreams. I'm not saying give up on a potential partner. I'm not saying give up on men altogether. I'm saying be proactive. Be helpful. Stop shaming. Stop pointing fingers. And let's correct what has happened. We can blame our fathers. We can blame the patriarchy, the alpha males of today, the criminals, whatever you believe that it is. But without actually reaching out and trying to understand, we only provoked the beast that is. No individual can handle all problems. But don't complain and expect the world to change for you. Put yourself in the environment that gives you its best and makes you stronger. I told this to a friend once. If you have an issue with where you're at, either speak your mind and bring attention to that issue, or shut up and get the fuck out for the sake of your own mental health. Don't keep yourself in an environment that drives you crazy or gives you or gives growth to a shitty attitude. What's best then? Work most on what matters to you and strengthen your mind, body, and soul to handle all of the things that try to knock you down. Don't be a victim. Be ready for the world and stop expecting it to hold your hand. It's unfucking predictable. And the more you're ready for it, the more you'll make a difference and take others along with you. In other words, you are going to make the most change by doing that. I don't believe that masculinity is bad. I don't believe that men are bad. I've known too many, and I've been saved by some of them. I've been saved by men financially, physically, and emotionally. Men have been there for me. So I'm not going to join an army that would rather tear down empires instead of build them. It's time to take the blanket blame off whatever issue you're passionate about and get into the depths of it. Understand it. Provoke it. Influence it. Change it. Help the people. Don't try to crush them. Understand the issue. Don't try to delete it. I say this all with love. I hope you all understand. Stay strong and stay rebel-minded, my friends. And do it with a big fucking heart. This is Zach. Out. Here we are again. At the end. I'm starting to tear up a little bit. And I just want you to know that I'm going to miss you. And I appreciate you. And I love you. And I hope that whatever you're after, you keep fighting for it. Your experience is uniquely your own, and so that means so are the challenges that you face. Stay strong, and don't let anyone diminish who you are or what you dream of being. As your friend and fellow flawed human, stay rebel-minded, my friends. Until next time.